What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The world-famous Superbook Sports has been at the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk for nearly a year. What are you waiting for? You can get right in the heart of the action. Catch all the games on their state-of-the-art TVs in the comfort of this traditional sportsbook. I have been there. It is a fantastic place to watch a game. Superbook Sports is known for better odds, favorable pricing, and an extensive wagering menu focusing on your Colorado teams. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. Welcome to the Broncos Podcast with Troy Rake. I am your host, Troy Rake from Denver 7. A wonderful Tuesday here in northern Colorado. Broncos offseason starting to now gain traction. Coach Sean Payton is in place. He's been interviewing candidates for his coordinator positions, both defense, offense, and special teams. He has said he wants to be slow to hire with these. He doesn't want to uh, move too quickly and then have, having to move on from someone. Um, because of that and as a result uh, it's a methodical process but remember Sean Payton was in Glendale Arizona at the Super Bowl for that entire week finishing up his last week of work for Fox and it was I did find it funny and I enjoy it because I'm in the media but he's talking about a team being anonymous donors and keeping a low profile he was everywhere from up and Adams to Fox to pick a program and he was doing it but I appreciated it I like hearing his insight getting a better idea of who he is uh, and he did have great pregame advice on the Fox show saying that he thought the one difference people weren't talking enough about in the Super Bowl was special teams that the Chiefs had a clear advantage in special teams and he was right uh, Eagles punter had a just awful punt set up a Kadarius Tony 65 yard return broke Jordan Norwood's punt return record in a Super Bowl as the Chiefs end up winning. And I'll just say this now, it's a tangent. I did not like the call uh, on Bradbury. And by letter of the law, it's a penalty. I understand that. I talked to multiple players after the game, not in that game, but multiple NFL players. And the issue is simple. It's like basketball. If we're going to call the ticky-tack reach-in foul all game from first quarter, second quarter, and I do it in the fourth quarter, I deserve to be called for a foul. When it's not called throughout the game and then to call it, it just doesn't make sense. It lacks consistency. And to ruin a chance at a great inning with Hurts driving down with a chance to win the game or at least tie it with a field goal, it was disappointing. I'm not blaming that for why the Eagles lost. Clearly, that's not the reason they were lost. They would have gone down by three regardless. We just all wanted to see that special ending, not a 58-minute ending. And the idea, it's a foul, and if it was offside, you call it. Offsides is different. Offsides is not a subjective call. It's so obvious. Holding is on almost every play, and if it, whether it's on ball or off ball affects how much it's called, clearly, when I watch games and talk to players. And my only issue was it hadn't been called that way. It hadn't been called that way throughout the game. 
And I bet if we analyzed the film, there was probably five to eight instances where there was similar tugging on jerseys. So that's my two cents. Uh, but that's not why the Eagles lost. The Eagles lost because their defense just got tricked by eye candy and motion in the red zone in the second half. They could not figure it out. It was a bad look for Jonathan Gannon, uh, the way they were inability to make adjustments. But it happens. I've seen it with the Chiefs offense. <laughs> They've beaten the Broncos 15 straight times. So trust me when I say I am not surprised uh, the Chiefs were able to score and come back and rally because uh, they have the best player in football in Patrick Mahomes. They have the best play designer right now in the game in Andy Reid. And that's why the Sean Payton hiring is so encouraging to me. Sean Payton has been an offensive wizard throughout his career. Averaged 27 points a game over the course of about 15 years. Broncos cannot be a contender without being functional offensively. Because they are a playoff caliber defense. They really are. So where are we going with this show today? I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what Sean Payton will look for in his staff. But more importantly, and first, I was able to attend Pat Sertan's Strikes for Tykes bowling um, event at the Punch Bowl Social in downtown Denver. It was the marking the launching of Pat Sertan's foundation, which is fantastic. He is their best player. He is becoming one of their most high-profile players. To see the work he wants to do in the community is fantastic, and I'm not surprised based on how much work the Broncos do in the community. It is frankly amazing. But I had a chance to talk with Pat Sertan, and then uh, off camera, off recording, but got for stuff for stories I was writing, I had a chance to talk to Javante Williams and Justin Simmons. So I want you guys to hear that. But Sertan specifically, he talks about the hiring of Sean Payton, what that means, uh, what it's like to have a coach that kind of sets that standard. Remember, he played for Nick Saban in college, so he knows what it looks like when it's demanding and non-negotiable. So I don't think he will have any problem adjusting to a new style and, and a new culture. In fact, he embraces and welcomes that. But I want to get into that Pat Sertan interview and more of what I learned from Justin Simmons and Javante Williams. And we'll get to all of that after the break. Have you been hurt in a car wreck or injured at work? What are you waiting for? Give my friends at Hoggett Injury Law a call. Their motto, with us, it's personal. I've known Darby Hoggett more than a decade. We became good friends traveling the country, watching our boys play baseball. Many of Darby's clients become his good friends. You don't even have to pay Darby up front. If your case goes as planned, Darby will be the one writing checks to you. So if you've been hurt in a car wreck or injured at work, give Darby's team a call at 1-833-HOGGET. That's one 833 H-O-G-G-A-T-T, or visit the website at hoggetlaw.com. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. Can't wait for the men in McKinnon to hit the ice. We have you covered at the Blake Street Tavern with the NHL Center Ice Package and ESPN Plus. Guarantee you a seat with sound for every game. It's the Blake Street Tavern, where Denver watches sports. Welcome to the Broncos Podcast with Troy Rink. I am your host, Troy Rink, from Denver 7. Offseason starting to move along here. First things will be, the next thing up on the calendar will be the Combine. I should be at the Combine around February 28th, February 29th for a few days, hoping to talk with both GM George Payton, head coach Sean Payton, get a feel for what they're thinking in free agency. Free agency hits before the draft, and they, I expect them to be aggressive in free agency based on people I've talked to. Now, what that means, I'm not exactly sure because they're probably going to have to have some restructuring of contracts done, whether that's Bowles, whether that's Simmons, whether that's Russell Wilson. 
there's going to have to be some uh, adjustments to be completely aggressive in free agency because they don't have as much space, obviously, uh, with Russell's contract coming into play here. But I uh, want to get a feel for what they would do. We've talked about this. I believe they're going to have two to three new offensive linemen, uh, starters. You need to think about a playmaker, a receiver, possibly even a young running back in the draft. I don't think you can afford to go at free agency unless one falls into your lap at a cheap price. Um, and then defensively, the defensive line is going to be a priority if you do not decide to uh, resign or tag Draymond Jones. So if he is not in the plans, whether you tag him and trade him, whether you're unable to work out a deal and he signs elsewhere, you're going to have to bulk up the defensive line. You do not have enough there. And part of the issue for the Broncos is they haven't been able to build from the inside out these last seven years. They need to focus on that. And you need to create a good base there and then go back to the skill position players. And the one thing I said is, you know, I like Cortland Sutton. I do. But with Tim Patrick returning, his dependability – his absolute rage he brings to the field and fire was so sorely missed. Uh, I can, I'm counting on him to come back and be fine. And because of that, I would look to trade Cortland Sutton in what is a very weak free agent class for receivers because I just don't think you need both of them. I'd want a more dynamic player to pair with Judy Patrick and player X. K.J. Hamler could be that guy. We all love K.J. Hamler, myself included. The problem is you can't count on him. He's a luxury at this point because of his injuries. Um, but they need another explosive player for Russell Wilson. So we'll see how that how all that plays out. But getting back to the point at hand, I was able to sit down or able to talk to Pat Sertan at his foundation launching on Monday night in downtown Denver, ask him several questions. You'll hear a few more voices in there as well. Parker Gabriel from the Denver Post was there. Brian Madden, a cameraman from uh, Channel 4, had a few questions as well. Most of the questions were mine. I had a chance again to talk with Pat before and after uh, that interview session as well. He's in a good place, looking to get some rest. Looking to chill out, probably in Florida for a little bit, but what a season he had. First-time Pro Bowler, first-time All-Pro, emerged as a superstar in only his second season, and his life's changed because of that, but in a good way. And now it's changing with his second head coach in only his third season in the league. But, hey, Justin Simmons is on coach five in eight seasons. So here is Pat Sertan on the hiring of Sean Payton, kind of where the Broncos go from here what that culture can be like under a guy like Peyton, and also what it means to him to start his foundation. But we start with Pat Sertan addressing the hiring of Sean Payton. Uh, such a great uh, group of guys, you know, just competing in a high level, but also having fun with it. Like you said, uh, the best catch thing when I went on the zip line, it was a pretty cool experience. But, you know, just being around a group of guys, you know, that played well this year, that played great this year. You know, just being around that environment was great. Sean Payton, your new coach, I know you were excited about the hire. What have you learned about him? What are you looking forward to in terms of playing for Sean Payton? Yeah, um, yeah, Sean Payton, I believe, you know, it's a great hire. You know, I can't wait to get to work with him. I just think he's going to provide the tools necessary for us to have a winning culture in the organization. And, um, you know, he's his resume speaks for itself. You know, he's a guy that, you know, could give you Super Bowls, that give you that winning attitude, that leader, those leadership qualities that you look forward to a coach. And, and I'm just very excited for what's to come. Have you talked to him at all? Has he reached out to you? Have you heard of him? I haven't talked to him yet, but uh, hopefully we talk soon, of course. You know, obviously he's been a busy schedule, and I know we haven't 
had had time, you know, talk, you know, in a in, in this closed discussion. So, you know, but I'm just, you know, can't wait to just sit down and chat with them and have those conversations. You obviously played for one of the most successful coaches in history in, in college. When with guys like that, like coach doesn't necessarily have to be warm and fuzzy all the time, right? In order to be loved by players and have respect and all that. Yeah, um, it's just something that's in their DNA. You know, just winning. You know, just having that type of mentality, you know, that's what you look for in great coaches, you know, day in and day out. And I think you're just going to provide those qualities uh, that you look forward into a coach. And, you know, we're building for next year, and that's what I'm excited about. So, yeah, just with Sean and everybody else in the organization, I can tell um, we're in for a great year. So, What do you want to see or hear from the new defensive coordinator? We don't know who that is yet. Interviewed a few guys. What are you looking for? First, what was it like to lose Coach E, and then what are you hoping the next defensive coordinator does? Um, you know, I just look for him to provide those same qualities. You know, just to be there. You know, just to you know, just be there for the players. You know, and just you know, bring that same energy and the same type of scheme. You know, that helped us. You know, play at a high level. So, you know, whatever coach comes in, I look for him to be you know a players coach and be there you know, for the team. What's this like to? You know, show up to something that's sort of yours and to start building uh, a foundation and a legacy there. Yeah, it means a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's so much things you can say about it, but, you know, my main thing is, you know, just building the foundation, you know, just giving back to the community, to those, you know. So my mission is to give back to those um, underprivileged in uh, urban communities. And, you know, that's my main mission. My main goal is to give back, shine the light on those in need, and, you know, just host an event like this, you know, I want to thank Punchbowl for allowing me to host it, but, you know, just in general, you know, it means a lot for me, you know, just be able to, you know, be in this stage in my life and be able to, you know, give back and share the light to those, so, you know, I'm just grateful for this experience and grateful for this moment, so. Were you inspired by teammates to do it, like Justin, like Dalton? Right. I mean, you guys do as much community work as anybody. Yeah, I was inspired, you know, obviously Justin does fantastic work, Dalton, you know, those guys, um, you know, they just do us right. You know, just give back to the community in a positive way, in a positive aspect. And, you know, that's something that you look forward to. You know, it's very inspirational to see, you know, because, you know, we do so many things on the field, but the amount of work that, you know, we do off the field should be just as inspiring, you know, that's what I look forward to. What is the key to turning this around now? And you're, you're two years in, you're arguably their best player along with Justin. What is it going to take to get this thing back on track? Um, you know, just take, you know, certain aspects, certain keys, you know, just to get things on the road. Um, you know, because we got the tools, you know, we got the talent, but, you know, it's the little things uh, that we need to have, you know, just to move forward, to push to the next step. And I believe we have, we're capable of doing it. It's just something that's in their DNA, you know, just winning, you know, just having that type of mentality, you know, that's what you look for in great coaches, you know, day in and day out. And I think you're just going to provide those qualities uh, that you look forward into a coach. And, you know, we're building for next year, and that's what I'm excited about. So, yeah, just with Sean and everybody else in the organization, I can tell um, we're in for a great year. So, you know, it's, it's so much things you can say about it, but, you know, my main thing is, you know, just building the foundation, you know, just giving back to the community, to those, you know. So my mission is to give back to those um, underprivileged in uh, urban communities. And, you know, that's my main mission. My main goal is to give back, shine the light on those in need, and, you know, just host an event like this. You know, I want to thank Punchbowl for allowing me to host it. But, you know, just in general, you know, it means a lot for me, you know, just to be able to, 
you know, be in this stage in my life and be able to, you know, give back and share the light to those. So, you know, I'm just grateful for this experience and grateful for this moment. So. Were you inspired by teammates to do it, like Justin, like Dalton? Right. I mean, you guys do as much community work as anybody. Yeah, I was inspired. You know, obviously Justin does fantastic work. Dalton, you know, those guys. Uh, you know, they just do us right. You know, just give back to the community in a positive way, in a positive aspect. And, you know, that's something that you look forward to. You know, it's very inspirational to see, you know, because, you know, we do so many things on the field, but the amount of work that, you know, we do off the field should be just as inspiring. You know, that's what I look forward to. To the Broncos Podcast with Troy Rink. I'm your host, Troy Rink from Denver 7. My pod, as always, is brought to you by the great folks from Superbook Sports. Hope you got some uh, prop action on the Super Bowl. It's always a fun time, to, even if you're not interested in the game and you were more interested in Rihanna. That was a terrific performance by Rihanna. Not the best halftime performance I've seen. Definitely in my top five. Prince with the electric guitar in the rain, purple rain in the purple rain. Uh, that's still my favorite. Probably followed last by last year's Eminem, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige. Uh, there's been some good ones and Rihanna obviously announcing her pregnancy through her performance that was remarkable she was great so anyway hope you had some fun with the Super Bowl even though the Broncos did not sniff it again for the seventh consecutive year but they have a little bit of hope now the new coach in Sean Payton and that's was the topic is we there were several Broncos at Pat Sertan's event I had a chance to talk with uh, Justin Simmons off to the side about the hiring, and he used the word excited over and over again. And I asked him, uh, Justin, you know, there's talk of how demanding Sean Payton can be. As I've said in my podcast, he gives off Mike Shanahan, Mike Shanahan intensity vibes. Uh, what will that look like? And he had the best quote, and it's in my story on Denver7.com. But he said, you know, I don't care what camp training camp looks like. I don't care if he wants me to play every snap in the preseason. I just want to win. And that's Justin Simmons. This is the only thing left in his career. He's been all pro. He's been pro bowl. He's gotten the big contract. He's been a captain. Now he's on his fifth coach in eight seasons. He's had one winning year. That was in 16, his rookie season. He wants to win. I don't blame him. It is time, right? And But there is some excitement. There is some you know, disappointment in losing Coach uh, Ijiro to the Carolina Panthers. What's it going to look like defensively? Can they keep that momentum going that they've had over the last few years? Because they've been a playoff caliber defense the last two years. It hasn't been perfect. I'm not saying that. But it's been a playoff caliber defense. It's one you can win 10 games with if you had an offense that wasn't absolutely like your iPhone in a bed of rice after you dropped it in the toilet. Be functional. <laughs> How hard is it to be functional? I mean, that, that's been the problem, is that you're not giving yourself a chance by scoring at least like 21 to 25 points a game. So, But then speaking of that offense, Javante Williams was there, and I had not seen Javante since his charity. Uh, he lost, launched his foundation during the season, and he just wasn't in the locker room a lot. That is not uncommon for guys who are rehabbing. Their schedule typically is different from that of their teammates. They're doing a lot of stuff early in the morning before the media would be in there. Javante is a man of faith, family, football. Um, he is focused on this return. And the first thing you see is he's jogging in, you know, uh, a quick walk into the restaurant last night to get to the event, moving really well. Uh, last time I saw him, he was uh, still on crutches. Remember, his knee surgery was uh, in October, 
for a torn ACL, and there was also some PCL damage, is my understanding. That's why I keep preaching. Give him time. Be cautiously optimistic. Uh, give him, you know, J.K. Dobbins came back, and it took a little longer, but he was effective. But just be realistic here, folks. But when I talked to Javante, he was excited about the new coach, obviously, but saying that now basically four and a half months removed from surgery, he's doing everything they've asked. He's able to do everything the trainers ask. He's remaining in Denver to continue his rehab. I think that's a great decision just to keep the consistency. Uh, when you get into rehab, it's so methodical. It's so boring. And you're trying to win every day. And win every day is, can be just mind-numbingly boring at times. But keeping a pattern and a uh, routine with the same trainers and being pushed can be instrumental in your recovery. And I have no doubt that he is pouring himself into it. And they need him. I mean, he's boom, pow, bang, Batman running style. They miss him. Now, what is realistic that first month back, whether that's late September, early October? I don't know that yet. I got to see it. Because it's not like you or I, you return from a high school injury, or you turn to play slow-pitch softball, or you return to your desk at work. At the professional level, if you lose 1% or 2% of your strength, your quickness, your burst, your agility, it can be very damning. And so we got to see what it looks like. I mean, Cortland Sutton's never, for me, had the same burst since his ACL surgery. Javante Williams has a running style. It's physical. He seeks violence. He, he runs with angry intentions and violent intentions, but I love. But what does that look like post-knee surgery? I have a feeling it's going to be fine. It just it may take a little longer. Sometimes it always doesn't happen on our timeline. But to see him, talk to him, see him walking around, have him tell me he's going to be in town to do his rehab. Again, not surprising, but that's a good sign. It's a good sign. This team's ready to win. You know, this team wants to win. They're hungry to win. They are ripe for Sean Payton's type of culture and attitude. It's going to be clunky at times. There's going to be some guys forced out. We know that. Not everyone is a fit. This is not for everyone. And that's where we now finish today's pod with the coaching staff. People are like, why have we hired a guy here? Why? Well, Sean Payton has said he wants to be delivered. He wants to be methodical. And he's interviewed Sean Desai for the defensive coordinator's job. He interviewed Rex Ryan for the defensive coordinator's job. It's my understanding he interviewed Anthony Blevins from the Giants for the special teams coordinator job. Um, so he's, he's doing interviews, but he's also taking his time, making sure he gets this right. He just got back into Denver on Monday afternoon into the office. So I would expect between Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to start seeing news of who his coordinators are. The offensive coordinator, Ronald Curry, is someone you would file away and give consideration for the quarterback's coach. He knows him from New Orleans. Great high school player, by the way. North Carolina, college player, Raiders receiver. Remember, Sean Payton calls the plays. The defensive coordinator does matter. Rex Ryan would be outstanding for us in the media. Uh, if I'm being real, I mean, Wade Phillips, he would be the best interview since Wade Phillips, a D coordinator. But you want what works for the team, too. Rex has been out of it for a long time. Would he fit? Would he have that enthusiasm to be a coordinator? It's one thing to leave TV to be a head coach. The coordinator job, I mean, these are thankless jobs. Let's not forget here. These are not easy. Uh, but he was interviewed. They need to find the right guy. Sean Desai I like because he comes from the Vic Fangio tree. He worked five years with him in Chicago. You know the defense would be similar. But it doesn't have to be him. It doesn't have to be. 
I just don't know if you're going to switch personnel and go from a 3-4 to a 4-3. What does that look like? Uh, whatever they do, they, they've just got to be better at the point of attack. Denver has gotten good at talking a good game. And Sean Payton has gotten good about talking this. And it's just like, F me. That's our attitude. We're going to get after it. And that's all appreciated. But I said this on 104.3 The Fan where I'm on once a week, or excuse me, uh, every five days uh, during the week. I love that type of arrogance and cockiness from my head coach. But you got to have the personnel to back it up. If you're, you're going to write these kind of checks with your mouth, somebody's got to be able to pay them. And that means physicality. That means punching people in the mouth. That means getting after it and winning up front. I mean, you look at just the Chiefs who just won the Super Bowl. The huge reason they won, beyond the fact that the play calling, the red zone, Pat Sertan, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes, it was their offensive line won. Now, the field sucked. The slipping was a joke. The NFL has got to figure that out. You cannot have in a game like that have guys slipping. It's embarrassing. But the Chiefs line, which was good during the year, not great, had some issues, they stood up. If you look at why they won, is they were never really in. I think they were only in third and five and longer like three times. They only had like 53 plays. But they had manageable down and distance because they ran the ball with Pacheco and a lesser degree with McKinnon. And if you look at success, that's what it would look like for Russell Wilson. You're throwing for 220, 230 yards, a couple of scores, and you're rushing for 140. You have that kind of balance. That's how Russell Wilson could win. It's just how Patrick Mahomes won. And he's not Patrick Mahomes. But that's what it looks like. But you have to have essentially versatility on your line and a mindset. If this is the game we're not going to throw 50 times, we got to win up front. They did it against what was a great defensive line in the Eagles during the season. So if Sean Payton wants to have that kind of arrogance, he wants to have that kind of cockiness and attitude, I'm all for it. Hate the rivals. Talk some crap. Put your chest out. Walk around. Feeling yourself. I'm cool with all of it. But you got to back it up. And to back it up, you got to have the players who can back it up. And to have those players, you got to have smart players. You got to have tough players, physical players. You have to have players in your coach's image. That's why there, I think there's going to be more roster turnover with this team than we've seen with any of the previous coaches in Vance Joseph, uh, Vic Fangio, and Nathaniel Hackett. Because you're going to see Peyton getting in what he considers like his guys. Like the Patriots have certain guys they have. Guys who are smart, position versatility, can play and do things on the fly and make adjustments. I just think you're going to see more of that. But it's not easy. If it were easy, anyone could do it. They don't do it because it's not easy. But I, you know, being around the players uh, last night, being around them a little bit this offseason, there's some excitement because of Sean Payton's attitude, his resume, what he brings. Can this be the year They all it all kind of comes together? Maybe. Patrick Tan gives you a good start. Justin Simmons gives you a good chance. Can the offense be functional? We'll know more as these coordinator positions get filled out over the next few days, and then we'll be at the combine. But, folks, I cannot tell you again how happy I am to be doing these podcasts for you. The amount of downloads and engagement has been amazing over these last few months. So if you haven't, download, subscribe, tell your friends. It's twice a week. I typically have at least one interview in there a week, exclusive interview with a media personality, former player, current player, and try to make it worth your time because you guys are the best. 
and we'll be leading right into the scouting combine, which begins on February 28th. You know I'll be there. So my pod is made possible by the great folks at Mile High Sports and Nate Lundy. Blake Street Tavern and Chris Fusilier, a great place to watch a game. Now it's hoop season. Watch the Nuggets if you need to get over there. And uh, Superbook Sports, they're the best. Hoggett Injury Law with Darby Hoggett. I could not do it without him. And again, Broncos country, I do this pod for you. Happiness, that begins with me. Go out there and have a great day.